Hey everyone, uh, welcome to our new episode of Unplugged Tech. Today we have another organizer from WordFest, uh, Cynthia. Before I give the mic to my co-host Ferry to introduce herself and pass on the mic to Cynthia. My name is Meher Bala. I'm a front-end WordPress developer. Uh, I co-host Unplugged Tech. I am co-lead of the WordPress Make Marketing team and a lot of other things which I do. <laughs> so let me pass on the mic to Ferry to introduce herself. Thanks, Mayor, for introducing yourself. My name is Ferry Dharavat. I'm also co-host of Unflick Tech. I'm essentially a writer. I do everything writerly. That's uh, basically writing for brands and copywriting and you name it. <laughs> but the most interesting thing I do is run this podcast with Mayor. And I'm really happy to welcome our new guest, Cynthia Anand. Hi, Cynthia, please introduce yourself. Hi, Ferry, and hello, Meher. Um, I'm Cynthia Anand, and I'm a copywriter and a former journalist. And it's nice to be here with you guys today. In terms of what I do, should I introduce myself now or? Yes, please, yes, so, please introduce yourself. So I've had quite a very thorough career in that I started in engineering and then I worked in journalism for a long time. And now I'm working in communications and specifically climate communications. So I started off, I was just saying, I started off quite close to where Mahindra and Ferry are in Nasik, at Mahindra and Mahindra. And then I moved to journalism. I worked with a Hindu for around four, four five years. And after that, I moved to, the, to Cambridge and I got more involved in communications because I started working with a company that works with climate tech startups. And since then, it's been quite a journey because it, it's, journalism is different from communications, but there's a lot of similarity in how you're still trying to make the person across the screen understand. And since then, I've been doing that. And of late, more recently, I've got involved with WordPress and WordFest. I was a speaker at the last WordFest in 2021, January. And I was just so impressed that I thought next time if there's a chance to be part of the team, I should try. And that's how I got involved with the WordFest July event. But how did you come to know for WordFest? Like, who... Do you come to know from social media or like being from a climate thing to WordFest? It's like maybe a little different sectors. Yeah, but I guess the thing with, um, so like I've been using WordPress for a long time, like since I think it's around a decade now since I started a blog and like learned how to use it. And then, you know, because I was working on, with the newspaper, I started working on digital publishing and we worked with a different system, but a lot of things where you, you end up learning a bit of coding and you end up learning a bit of HTML. And then when I moved to the UK, I think I just heard about WordCamp Brighton and I, I thought, okay, let me just see what's happening because I had this feeling to initially that WordPress is only a developer community, but then, but then I realized that it's not just that, it's anyone who uses WordPress in any capacity and you'd end up learning bits and pieces of everything. And it's, it's very nice that there's a lot of contribution that goes into it and it's not something that's just built by one corporate. That's how I got involved in the WordPress community. And then, you know, I thought, okay, let me try be a speaker for WordFest. And, and honestly, like, I'm way more comfortable asking the questions than make, answering them. But yeah, that's how I got involved. And, and then there was an opening for the fundraising lead. So I thought, okay, maybe. I've always enjoyed organizing things like in school and colleges, like, used to had a lot of committees and I spent most of my college doing that but yeah so it was it came naturally like you know if there's something happening I wanted to get involved so I did. 
So that's that's really nice. And WordPress and WordCamps need more writers, honestly, because I've been part of WordCamp 2015 and 16. There were really dearth of writers and content creators, and now I'm seeing that it's more, and it's really nice. So so moving on. Uh, as you described your journey from being a senior journalist with a Hindu to a communication manager for Cambridge Clinic, like you said, there's not that much of difference, but I think there is. So it's it's different. The 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 audience is totally different, and you need to cater it. And if you know into writing, it's really all about the details. So can you share a bit uh, of your journey from from being a communication manager to becoming a journalist, like the the relation? Sure. So um, when I was with the Hindu, I wrote on a lot of things that today would be called climate change reporting, but at the time, climate change wasn't really on the agenda. So I used to. So when the floods took place in Bangalore, I was covering that, and I used to write about latest scientific things that come out of IAC. And generally, the thing with climate change is that it's everything is affected by it. So it's not something that you can just say is an environmental problem. The biggest thing is that. It affects a lot more people in the global south than it does in the global north, and it's only becoming news now because it's become relevant in the global north. Whereas, whereas, like for instance, floods in Mumbai or floods in Kerala and Assam, for the matter, these are things that have been happening for quite a while. And there's a, a lot of it has to do with how, so like for instance, when I was in Bangalore, we used to, I remember writing about how I think nearly half of the city's drains have been covered over by illegal construction, which is something that every city in India faces, and these are things that you know at the time we didn't think you didn't connect it really to climate change, but you you actually were seeing that that effect, and that's how I got interested in it. And I studied environmental journalism and I did my masters. And it just so happened that when I reached Cambridge, there was this organization. They were looking for someone to lead their communications. They had it's a very small team, like six people. They they never had somebody in that role before, and. And there's still the main thing about journalism that I think that's common to both is that in both cases, you're trying to, especially if it's science journalism or if it's some, communicating something technical, you're trying to take something that's a bit complex and trying to simplify it for someone else to understand. And that's the thing that I find that is quite similar. Of course, the audience are different and, and the nature of it is different. Like in communication, you can't necessarily like decide to be completely critical of someone if they're your partner or your member and so on, whereas in journalism, that is your job. But uh, I think that's where there is this connection between both and sort of how I fit from one role into the other. That's nice. So since you're talking about uh, the difference, so uh, <clears throat> as a as communication specialist also, you know, you have to write brand copy and web copy. So uh, how does a good, like how do you convince uh, the website owner or the business owner that you know you need a good copy otherwise you, you're going to miss your target audience and you know uh, yeah. maybe what you're trying to convey and maybe what you're delivering is two opposite things and you you will have a mixture of target audience so so how do you convince a person i think so um along with both these roles i i'm also working i also like freelance as a copywriter for climate tech companies so i worked with a lot of companies who have technology that it could be maybe smart buildings or it could be smart heating like heating is a big issue in in uk whereas it wouldn't be in india uh, but there's a lot of things that one of the things with climate coming generally with startups in this sector is they sort of think that okay their job is they're saving the world 
But if they're going to put themselves next to like 20 companies, which all have the same US3 that they're saving the world, there's nothing that makes them stand out. So it's very important they get into details and like explain that, okay, I do this by, you know, leading to 20% saving and building emissions, or you can save 10,000 trees by using this product. Because it's those details that will actually, that people remember. And, and it's a bit of a balance. You can't overload it with too many facts. And it's, there's no use like saying, okay, let's put AI on top of everything. And that's good copy because AI is trendy today. It has to be something that makes sense to the person who's reading it. it. Has to be something that touches on their pain points and solves the problem for them. And that's something that founders, especially because they're so close to the technology, they may not really think of it from the customer's perspective. They're just seeing it from their, their perspective of how it has a technical use or how it's, you know, so well, so to say, but it's very important to find like what exactly is the issue your customer faces and what exactly is the thing, like what's the language they use? What are the words they use when they talk about these issues? And quite often like when, when, when we interview customers before writing copy rather than, you find that there's always some disconnect or they find it quite useful or something. Like recently I was working with a building tech company and, and the thing that, the customers found most useful about the product was that it would really fit and forget that it was completely integrated. So they didn't have to like see the data on one side and do something else. The product did the whole thing for them. And that wasn't anywhere on the copy initially. So then we thought, okay, that's something that you need to talk about because that's what customer, your customers are looking for. So it is sort of, it is kind of a balance trying to find out, you know, what the other person is looking for and trying to match, find the words to fill that, fit that in. That's really nice and interesting and elaborate answer. I'm sure our audience will find it very interesting. Now we're going to come to a very basic question, you know. As a writer, uh, I'm very... Uh, so, I think this is the best time to be a writer because you have so many channels to, like, really uh, express. At the same time, uh, I'm more active on LinkedIn and, and I get all these people asking me questions how to be a good writer and all those things. So I would like to ask you this really simple basic questions that how uh, can you give some audience some tips and how can they become a good writer? Oh, watch my last talk. <laughs> no, but that, that, that was sort of my talk of the last word first, which is like how to use tips from journalism to creating more better content. Um, I guess there's a lot of things. Um, practice is always useful and, you know, there's something my, my editor used to say is, you know, when in doubt, cut it out. So trying to Maybe in terms of practice, it's always useful to set yourself a challenge to write within a word limit. So if you are the kind of person who takes a paper and writes a thousand words, that's fine. But then you learn to edit yourself and look at, okay, maybe this doesn't get the point across. So maybe that's an extra word which wasn't needed. Or maybe use a stronger verb for something instead of saying something, you know, try to use um, lesser words to have more effect. And generally, uh, what I tend to tell people who aren't writers by like they haven't sort of like been writing for a long time is to try to write the way you talk so in you it's because of we're schooled that way you know you learn in school that you have to write an essay means it has to start with a 50 word sentence or something and that looks like it's more like it's a better sentence or it's better writing but it's really not it's just it's a, it's a slightly outdated way of writing really in the sense that you know you're thinking and especially because in today's situation of how we are all this whole attention deficit set aside. There's so much content and there's so much of information going out. It's really important that you get what you're trying to say out and as soon as possible. So that's something to look at. And I think it's quite useful to use the journalistic principle of writing with the lead. So sort of you have something in mind what you're going to write. 
um, try to get the main sentence out first, like what is the main news of it or what is the main gist of it and try to polish that as well as you can because once that's ready, the rest of it flows from it and it's quite easy to fill in the details like who, what, when and so on. But, but that's quite important and you don't need to like think that it has to be very flowery or it has to be just like write in a way that sounds like you and don't think you need to be someone else there. And you'll get to it, you'll get to it. It takes some time, it takes some practice, but you'll get to it eventually. That's nice, that's interesting. You like, I'm not a writer, but when you said, you know, uh, when in doubt, cut it out or learn to edit. I have started learning to edit, you know, when I write and I do go through it. So it, it comes with over a period of time for me, you know, because as a developer, you know, you just code and you wish you pray that your code works in the first shot. <laughs> but but I guess like how, you know, you when you write code, you would eventually try to write more elegant code and make it simpler to make it find the simplest solution. So that's sort of what I'm getting to with writing too, that, you know, there's a way to explain it in 200 words, but you can explain it in 50 also. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And I think that slowly steady builds with, you know, experience and exposure and the way to write and uh, the way to code as well. Because if, if I look at myself 20 years line initially and now, there is a drastic difference in my code writing. So, yeah, I can definitely understand. Since you're volunteering for WordFest and since you are in the organizing team, you're leading the fundraiser. Yes. Why fundraiser? Means how did you pick this, you know, vertical in the organizing team or how does fundraising um, honestly, come to you? Um, well, honestly speaking, it's that was what the opening was for. But like I said, I guess fundraising is also in part a lot about convincing somebody to that the thing you're doing is worth enough. So there's a bit of working on copy and there's a bit of messaging in it that needs to work. I've been involved with voluntary groups before through my life. I was working with Child Rights and Child Rights and You when I was in Bangalore. I've been working with Cambridge Donut here. And that's always a crucial part of when work. And I actually work for nonprofit at the moment too. But the crucial part is like trying to convince, make the other person understand why you exist and what you're doing with. And the good thing with WordFest and Big Orange Heart, which is the organization where these funds go to, is that it's completely transparent in how the funds are used. And the second thing is it's, so Big Orange Heart was started as an organization to provide mental health services for the remote working community. And initially it started off as freelance developers and freelance WordPress communities, but in the last 18 months, when everybody has started remote, remote working in a sense, the community grew quite a bit within that time. And there is this need to, I think it's, it's yeah, it's around like, but on Slack at the moment, there's like around 1,000, 1,500 people on it. And it's been a difficult year for everybody in a sense of like how, you know, sitting here, I, I keep hearing friends are sick or friends, parents are sick, or, you know, you're just, hoping that everybody will be, you can't be okay, but then you're still, 
it's not a normal time <laughs> i don't know any better way to say it we have kept there's a thing in the copywriting world about how we, we nearly need to stop using words like unprecedented because you've used it too many times but yeah but you know that uh, but yeah it's, it's not been an easy time for anyone the last one and a half years and especially for people who have been used to working with teammates and they suddenly working alone or or it could be that you live on your own and you're suddenly you know you don't have any place anyone to meet on a day and there is this need to look at what issues people have or if they need something to provide them support and that's what big orange hat does and that's the reason i got involved with it because i think it's the work they're doing is important and it's 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 a lovely team and it's it's been a great learning experience for me just to be, like i said you know i was just so impressed with how it worked the first time that i thought okay next time like if there's a chance to be on the team i'll definitely try so that's how i got involved with it and and the thing is you're all working asynchronously so i'm in, i'm i'm in kerala at the moment some of the team is in in uk some of the team is in the us and everyone is working on their own time and it's, it's a really nice example of remote working to get something together yeah agreed also i think last year when we interviewed uh, michelle hawa and paul we were in like three different time zones like afternoon early morning night for michelle so it was like yeah. three different times when we were doing the interview so it was fun i don't know if you remember this meher but um, last time when i was last time when i was speaking you were in the volunteers room and yes. that was the first time we met and i remember saying oh that you know sometime maybe we could meet and so on but yeah <laughs> and but exactly the same thing right you were in mumbai the time i was i was in cambridge it worked definitely yeah i mean that's how we all actually met me and meher also met in world camps and now we are really missing it so much so now we have and like tech to meet everyone right <laughs> so uh speaking about world fest there is something called 24000 steps challenge okay that's very overwhelming but i'm sure it's <laughs> not <laughs> can you please explain about it no it's not overwhelming at all it's just sort of a it was sort of a play on 24000 steps in 24 hours but the idea was that and actually that's something that could be great if people in your community would be interested in taking part so it's basically if you would like to help fundraise you can set it, you can pledge to a certain challenge so it was either you could do 24000 steps in the run up to the event so it could be you know 4000 steps a day or something which isn't a lot i mean it is a bit but not a lot or if you were so minded you could do uh, the 24 hour challenge is sort of like a relay race so it's like in each continent for 6 hours somebody does 6000 steps and then it goes on to the next continent as word fest runs and then you'd see the next person doing it and the thing is we wanted to make this quite inclusive so it doesn't have to be steps it could be anything that anything you would like to do for the community so michelle is for example doing i think she's doing artist trading cards a day um so 2024 yeah <laughs> we've had someone doing 24 days of mindful movement someone is doing 24000 yards of swimming until the end of word fest so it could be anything that is within your capacity and anything you're comfortable doing but you know just a way of giving back if you'd like to and we set up a fundraising page for everyone and you can decide how much they would like to raise and that's we've had quite a few people join in which is really nice cuz you know 
always worried if nobody turns up. But yeah, it was quite nice to see the response from people. And I'm hoping that on 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 the day of WordFest Live, we'll have some of these people come on and talk about how it's been with them and so on. That's good. How did you come up with the 24 hours, uh, 24K challenge? Like, what made you all think that, you know, let's take this initiative or, you know, I do so many steps a day, so why not turn this into a fundraiser? Um, I think it was Dan who came up with this idea first, but it was sort of a bit of a teamwork with everyone thinking, okay, we can do this and then widen the scope of it to make it not just steps, but any equivalent challenge that people would like to do. And and it's just, you know, it's exercise is good for people and it's a good way to do something and it's it's just difficult enough. So that's nice. Dan comes up with really interesting things. Like, I think he and Paul were the first one who came up with WordFest. That was 24 hours WordFest. So I think last year the first edition was in four continents. This time it's seven, if I'm not mistaken. Last time it was across regions. So I suppose it, it's still the same di division. So it's across six regions but across named according to the continents and then there's something amazing happening in Antarctica but <laughs> yeah it's the chilling zone so like as a WordCamp organizer as uh, being the lead of WordCamp Mumbai uh, a couple of years ago convincing a person to sponsor or convincing a person to do a fundraiser It is work because uh, in this pandemic, a lot of people are cutting costs and a lot of people are uh, finding ways and means to save. So as a fundraiser, how are you convincing people that, you know, they are supporting a cause which is necessary in the world? Because mental health is something which is the need of the hour. Not everyone agrees, not everyone wants to speak about it, but it is the need of the hour. Um, well, with I guess with fundraising and sponsorship, it's slightly different because in the case of fundraising, it's more about people's individual feeling whether they think it's important or whether they want to contribute. Whereas with sponsorship, there's it's an organization, so they have to think about return on investment for them a lot more than a person who does it out of goodwill or they just think like you know maybe at some point in life you've needed resources and it's been helpful for you then that's a reason why you may want to contribute later on or you know somebody who's struggling with fundraising i suppose it's a lot i mean with sponsorship it's a lot to do with showing the value and even though you know even the costs are cutting if you think about it companies just spend a way lot more on physical events so they still do have budgets and they still do need to get to their audience somehow and Something like WordPress Live, which is global and has, we had 2000 attendees last time expecting more. And something of that reach, it's, there aren't a lot of events of that nature that's like so wide and so widespread, widespread across the whole WordPress community. So in that sense, it was easy to convince sponsors the second time around because the first one was quite a big success. And with fundraising, yeah, you know, I. I personally had this struggle too because at the time I joined the team was when when COVID was quite bad in India and I did sort of think that you know maybe it's more important to raise funds for 
for people suffering in the pandemic but but that's the thing right even then mental health is an issue that's going away it's going to be it's something that it would make things a lot more easier if more people spoke about it and more people understood that it's it's not not in somebody's mind or it's not someone i mean it's not um, how do i explain it it's just that like i think you know if you keep saying that say depression is a made up disease it may not affect you but it might affect somebody who's in the room who may otherwise have asked for help so it's important that you as when you can you try to remove the stigma in it and try to make people see that having a mental disease or having a disorder doesn't make someone different it's just it's just it's the same as being diabetic or having hypertension and if you can go to a doctor for that you can go to a doctor for depression yeah i do agree to that and uh, you know we need to like a lot of uh, companies a lot of people in india have started talking about mental health and you know it has been taken a subject a bit seriously than before so still a long way to go yeah i used to write about mental health when i was in the hindu so i used to do a bit of work with the doctors at nimhans neurology and mental health and sciences in bangalore and and so there was a study a few years back which said around 10% of the population they surveyed had some kind of mental disorder issue but which they went getting treatment for and and generally there's this whole inequality in how services are available that you know mental health services tend to be concentrated in cities so it is useful that to have something remote and to have something that is more accessible to people is required and i guess a lot of things like there's so many different things i mean there's so many different issues that could be it could be postnatal depression or it could be or it might even be some disorder like schizophrenia or bipolar which given the resources and given the knowledge people can improve a lot on their own but if you keep it shouted with you know that something shameful or we don't talk about that you're not making it any better you're just you know just hiding something under the carpet and it'll explode sometime very well said actually so this like you're really happy with the elaborate answer like we are just absorbing all the information that we get and i'm sure me and mehr both are uh, really enjoying these conversations but coming back to word fest i think this is also for mehr because she was a volunteer last time and uh, we want more people to volunteer so what are the benefits of volunteering at word fest mehr do you want to go first uh for me volunteering is first of all you get to meet the a global community you get to meet different kinds of people across the globe you don't only uh you know you expand your friendship circle or you expand your uh, knowing circle because a lot of times at least you know wordpress when people are uh, freelancing or when people are working for themselves they tend to stick to either their local community or uh, you know a very few friends outside their work scope you know a couple of days back only i was talking to a, a friend of mine and she was like she was looking for talk she was looking to interact with people other than her local community you know she wants to reach out to like minded people but she doesn't know where to reach out to 
so i think volunteering gives a platform to people to you know talk to each other like i met cynthia through volunteering i met a lot of other people through volunteering you know volunteering doesn't only mean you know you need to be an mc or you need to come on stage you know you can always be uh, behind the curtains and still get to meet a lot of uh, people like that's how i met uh, dan and kate and that's how we got them to uh, the interview last year just you can spend your one or two hours and you know dedicate it to your time and just you know just welcome the speakers or uh, you know just uh, solve av problems or uh, help in fundraising or a small a small bit in a big event does give you a lot of exposure then you know people know that you are out there you know people can reach out to you whenever you want so for me volunteering is give your time like you're doing so much for your work you're doing so much for your growth one or two hours investing in getting to know other people it may not always lead you to business but it may lead you to friendship it may lead you to a lifelong uh, contact you know whenever you want you can reach out to the person if you're traveling to that person's city you can always reach out and say hi i'm at your city at this place would you like to catch up for coffee or it's just you get to explore the world with new people that's i really agree with what you said mahir and i guess it's also it's also you, you learn a lot you learn a lot in how the world works and you learn a lot like i guess i've been a volunteer for donkey's years now but i think every time i move to a new city i try to find somewhere to volunteer because i find it's a nice way to meet great people and you learn a lot about things when i was in bangalore and working with child rights and you and, and the people i met there and and the things we, we learned as you know when you work with kids and you look at the problems they face and you sort of realize that okay there's a lot that needs to be fixed it changes your view of the world in many ways and and you know likewise with say if you're say if you're somewhere new or you it's it's a great way to connect and and meet people and you know your world becomes bigger when you volunteer you yeah. just you know more and you you like you know you when you you never know when those connections will lead to somewhere down the line agreed like my first volunteering for a word camp i did not realize few years later i would have a pod, uh, interview based video based podcast with ferry like i saw her on stage and i was i liked the way she presented i liked her talks i liked the way she spoke about content and at that moment i didn't even think that you know i would even go and approach her and say hi as friends you know but i did go up to her i think she was speaking to someone else and i just uh, kind of interrupted and i just said great talk and then i had to go back to volunteering and over the years it's been a great connection like i have my business partner watcher like i met him also through uh, the wordpress community i did not realize like over a period of time 
I would run, I would co-run a company with him. So volunteering, getting yourself out there, making friends is kind of important. It's fun, you know, so you get to know a lot of people. So as uh, WordFest, the company behind it is Big Orange Heart. And Big Orange Heart is about mental health and they support mental health and they have a Slack channel and uh, they have helped a lot of people, you know. Uh, can you let us know why, you know, mental health resources are important in the world, especially in the pandemic times, you know? Why do we need to write resources or why do we need to write content to make other people understand that, you know, if this isn't, if this are some of the uh, things you're noticing in yourself, you don't need to worry, you know, there is a solution for it or there is uh, a way to handle this. Why do you think resources on mental health are important in today's world? Um, I guess generally, if you start off with, it's quite recent in terms of like people talking about mental health resources. Like when I was studying, I didn't think anyone talked about needing to have, you know, that if you have an issue, there's a way. And I think a lot of it could actually be taught in schools. Like, you know, if you can teach people what cognitive-based thinking is and teach and there is that gap between in a way they're kind of essential life skills there is a gap between what you know and what you don't there's also that as communities we are a lot more separated now and maybe we don't live in as tightly knit close as a community a lot of us as professionals for example I this is this is like the first time in my life that I'm working from home like at home as in my hometown in Kerala I've I've always lived in different parts of the city, of the country, and I've always, I've always like started with knowing nobody and slowly getting to know. And there's always that period when, when maybe you need some help and you don't know if there's anyone to turn out, turn around to, which isn't the case when you're at home and you're with your family. And that's one reason why it's a lot more important today that you have that. And and again, like when you work with the pandemic and with with the situation with the economy and a lot of people, especially with freelancers, because you know, when a company is cutting budgets, the first thing they cut would be the freelance work and you think, okay, that's not necessary. Let's push it to next year because they don't have any contract type. And a lot of people have struggled financially and there is a need for people to, and it's not just not that, it's changed so many things. Like, you know, there was a time when you weren't allowed to get out of the house. So you couldn't actually like get any fresh air. And, and in, in the UK, if you don't get fresh sunlight, it really affects you. <laughs> Because yeah, sunlight is quite rare. But it's there is like you know, it, like what we were saying initially, it's not been a normal time, and there is definitely it has affected everybody's mental health, whether you admit it or not. And and it's it you really do need some kind of resource at that time if you if you need someone to talk to or if you just need to figure out what's happening. So yeah, I think that's why it's important at this time. It's really wonderful, wonderful way to put it. I think as no one must have thought that this is what's going to happen in the, in the like, like last five years back, who would have thought they're going to find themselves in this you know, place? Sounds, sounds like a science fiction movie. <laughs> I swear, and who would have thought that? It brings the world down. 
yeah, you're gonna save lives by staying home. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we come to the most uh, important and difficult question: <laughs> What does success mean to you? What does success mean to me? <laughs> Suddenly, I knew. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just being happy with what you are and where you are, and and you know, feeling like you're doing something of value to someone. That would be success for me. Yeah, yeah, nicely put. I would often think that what is success is it's different. It's health wise. It's your professional wise. It's a mental wise. You know. They they have different goals for each of them, and you know combining them all together, which works for you. Often I found it to be difficult, but I think with age comes a little wisdom, and then you figure it out. So before we end, um, if someone wants to uh, take the twenty four k challenge, but not start a fundraiser, but you know still want to show that I am behind the screens you know i'm still doing my 24 steps and you know here are the final results so mm -hmm. how can they uh, connect with the audience of wordfest so do you mean if somebody commits to the pledge yeah it's like uh, like i don't mind starting uh, starting a fundraiser but i don't know how much i will get as a, in the fundraiser mm -hmm. i may get right. nil or i may get 5 dollars or i may get 10 dollars so i don't want to go through fundraising but i still want to do the challenge i guess i suppose the thing is it doesn't need to be a lot of money i mean it could be like just 500 rupees or 100 pounds like something that you know it, it's really more about like this whole community coming together to do something. So if you want to try it, then feel free to get in touch with me and we can talk to, to like, you know, how it could be something that works for you. And Cool. Uh, if you're wanting to uh, go register for Word, WordPress, yesterday I was looking at the schedule and it's a pretty interesting schedule. You have talks about being calm, you have talks about exercise, you have talks about WordFest, and you have community interviews. You know, there are interviews with both the uh, founders of WordPress. Go register for WordFest. If you want to start a fundraiser, you can contact Cynthia on um, BOH Slack. Where can people contact you if they want to? get in touch with you um i can give my email id or how do you generally share this or you, you can reach out to me on slack as well if you're on the big orange Heart channel you can reach out to me on slack cool i'll put her slack in the post and you can reach out to us if you want to come and amplify your story on unplug tech reach out to me, uh, me and ferry we are mostly everywhere uh, Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you for your time. Thank you for coming us and sharing about all about WordFest and your journey till now. Yes, thank you very, thank you very much. It was really fun, and I'm sure our audience must have found some insightful uh, things on how to write. And, and your journey is very fascinating. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed talking to you both as well. Have a nice time in. Kerala till you are here. Thank you. Bye.